Great to have you here for our podcast of The Clark Howard Show. And on today's show, we're going to talk about changes going on with how you buy things, how you use credit or don't use credit, and a new way for you to use something that's kind of like a cross between debit and credit. I'll fill you in coming up, including your questions. I want to tell you something really, really weird, odd going on. And it's happened to me already in this January after Christmas period. I think, Krista, you told me this happened to you, too, that you had something you were trying to return. It's happened to me a few times over the last year, actually. And, Joel, I don't know if this has happened to you, that you went to return something. They said, nope, don't worry about it. Just keep it. We don't want it back. It did over the holiday season. I was surprised. So what's going on is you may have heard me in the fall talk about how the shipping costs being charged by FedEx and UPS have been backbreaking for retailers, particularly on less expensive items. And so retailers are, for less expensive items, they must have software that says when you uh, contact them to return the item as an unwanted gift or whatever, that with smaller items with companies that pay the ship, the cost of shipping, the return of the item, are now saying, you know what, just keep it. And there'll be a small number of people who abuse that and say they don't want something for that reason, but it's going to be a a rare kind of thing where somebody would abuse that because these are lower cost items. Uh, I want to tell you how weird the whole shipping thing is, though. So uh, I bought a new, our handheld vacuum. We're all obsessed with, you know, using one of those little handheld vacuums to the point that ours finally died. And so I needed to buy a new one, and I shopped around. I used Frugal. I went to different sites, and the best deal on one was from Walmart. Well, Walmart, unless you're a Walmart Plus member, which I'm not yet, you have to spend $35 to get the free shipping. So this was $29.88. So I had to come up with something else to buy. And I kept trying to put things in my cart, and they didn't qualify as the add-on that would get me to $35. So finally, uh, this is terrible, terrible story. I can't believe I'm telling this on myself. So... I use a ultra cheap discount toothpaste. I use AIM and in a 5.5 ounce tube it is typically 88 cents. You know, for a big full-size tube it's 88 cents. Well, my hygienist says I need to use this. She wants me to try this other toothpaste. And it's something called Perodontax or something like that. I forget what it's called. It comes in this miniaturized tube three and a half ounces and it's like six dollars for this tube and i'm like i won't buy it i mean let my teeth fall out of my head i'm not gonna buy this expensive toothpaste so then i don't have enough money in my cart so i go back to walmart.com and look for this first i had to look how to spell this toothpaste Perodontax or something. And so they have it a two pack for $10. And I'm like dying. So I could get 
11 giant tubes of AIM for what this little two-pack thing is. But it's going to get me the free shipping. So I add it in and I order it because I was going to have to pay $6 to have this uh, handheld vac delivered. And they didn't have the vac available for um, curbside pickup, which I would have done. So I order the toothpaste and then I just felt so guilty because Walmart delivered it two hours later to my door. Do you realize how much money I cost them? The vacuum isn't coming for another five days. And so now I have my zillion dollar toothpaste. I'm making my hygienist happy. Hopefully my teeth won't fall out of my head. But I just felt so guilty because think about how much money Walmart lost having somebody tote these two miniaturized toothpaste tubes to my house in two hours. Did any, did, uh, come on, did either of you know that they delivered stuff like that in two hours? No. I didn't. You're hilarious. That's impressive and also ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know how much it would cost you if your teeth did fall out? I mean, come on, man. That's true. The toothpaste is, you know, it, it's it's pretty inexpensive compared to the dental work you're going to have to have done if you don't take care of those teeth. I mean, I'm sorry you couldn't go pick up the vacuum in your Tesla. <laughs> what does that mean? What was that snob I'm comment? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just had to tell that story on myself because I've been uh, trying for six weeks to find that toothpaste at a deal and had not been able to. And so being able to get the free shipping made effectively the two tubes of toothpaste $2 each instead of $5 each. I know that killed you. $2 each. Oh, man. All right. That having been said, <laughs> can't wait for the comments from the dentists and the hygienists. And... That'll be fun. Krista, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, Clark, Daniel in Florida says, my recently divorced daughter had her credit ruined by her husband. If I add her as a user on my credit card to boost her score, will her bad credit show up on my score? Hers is 640 and mine is 820. Uh, First of all, I'm really, really sorry that happened to her with her uh, former spouse. Second, you will not harm your credit at all by extending your good credit reputation to her. And if you're at all worried about what she might do with using the credit or if the ex-spouse might some way find his way into that credit, don't give her the actual plastic and you'll be fine. Um, As for her situation, 640 is not the greatest score, but it's not horrific. And so I don't know how much damage was done to it because 640 is something that's recoverable from. If she has any unpaids on her credit, that's what takes the longest to heal. Um, late pays, she will absolutely recover from with time and she'll see with you giving her the booster shot an immediate bump up in her score. Joel? Joel? Clark Bill in Arizona says, I know you're not a fan of banking overdraft protection due to the high fees, usually something like $35 a pop. 
My bank offers overdraft transfer service at no charge, though. So if you overdraw your checking account, it automatically transfers the extra money from your savings account. I've never heard you mention this alternative, and I'm wondering if you're aware of it. I am aware of it, and the fact that your financial institution allows you to do it for free means they're doing the right thing by you, and you're avoiding the overdrafts, and you're avoiding the junk fee for the automatic transfer. So that is great. One thing to look at, if you do this routinely, it's possible that you will end up with fees for excessive withdrawals from your savings account. Just make sure that that this is something that's just an emergency backup for you that is used just very occasionally. But I'm glad that it's a good idea, and I'm glad that your bank is doing it at no junk fee to you. Krista? Clark, Joe in Georgia says, we saw a Toyota truck for sale for $1,000. When we inquired, they said they were going through eBay to protect us and them. eBay invoice through email. The invoice requires us to buy five $200 eBay cards, email them the pictures with ID, and they will deliver the truck. Does eBay do business like this? No, this is a scam. Uh, This isn't eBay doing business like this. This is flat out a scammer. I've never heard of one where somebody had a physical vehicle out there with a sign on it and was using it as a way to rip people off. If you don't mind, drive by, see if that vehicle is still being advertised for sale like it was, and contact your local police. Uh, You're giving them on a silver platter uh, a criminal enterprise that maybe they'll be able to chase down, and you would be doing a big service to other people. This crook will be able to steal money again and again this way at $1,000 a pop, and you are wise to smell a rat because there is a rat here and avoid getting taken. Joel? Or Bob in Georgia says, I've heard commercials about basically locking down your house title and how you can protect your title for a fee. Is this just another product marketed on the basis of fear? And is there any difference in concern or threat level of if this title theft happening if you own your home outright instead of still having a mortgage? So the risk to you would be far larger if you own your home free and clear. But this is, for the most part, a solution looking for a problem. It is not a scam. And we ran this by five different real estate lawyers and asked all five independently. None knew the answer anybody else had given. All five said this is unnecessary and don't spend the money. There is a rare event of somebody trying to steal the equity out of people's homes. It's a very rare occurrence. When it happens, it can be hideous. But now many counties have a system where you can register for notification for activity that may occur on your title that would help you in this case. I mean, these these services that promote themselves are really only doing for a fee what counties now providing the email notifications for free are doing anyway. But again, this is... A very, very, very rare crime. Krista? Clark, Jenny in Virginia says, we are in the middle of a predicament and we'd like your advice. For a little background, we have a large family and we need eight seats and drive cars for 10 plus years until they're more costly to repair than they're worth. We replaced our 2008 Suburban 
with 176,000 miles and needing a new engine with a 2019 Honda Odyssey last January. So long story short, our van has well-documented transmission issues, as do many other 2018 and 19 Odysseys. We'd love to get rid of the new car now, one year in, less than 10,000 miles on it, but are not sure what course of action makes the most financial sense. Do you have any words of wisdom? I'm aware of the issues that you refer to with the Honda's 2018-2019 uh, Odysseys. Honda will, uh, without doubt, be forced into some kind of customer accommodations. There may be some kind of recall eventually that occurs on this. And the Odyssey overall is a vehicle that people get uh, generally a lot of trouble-free years out of. And to dump it because of this one issue that I think Honda will be forced to resolve at no cost to consumers is one that would be a premature dumping of a vehicle that provides well for your large family. And again, this is a very well-known defect in certain years of the Honda Odyssey. I appreciate all the questions we've already gotten to. We have more coming straight ahead, but I got some information for you about the way you're going to be offered to buy things, if not already, very soon in 21, coming straight ahead. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. I want you to know when you need empowerment for your wallet, check out Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com where we help you stretch every single dollar, make smart decisions with your wallet in so many different ways. And I know a lot of financial decisions you have to make get really overwhelming and confusing. Things that we would just like to be able to make a smart choice, and we get overwhelmed with what's known as the paradox of choice. Too many options, we don't know what to do. We drill it down for you on Clark.com with our guides to making decisions. Just think about technology. Who in the world knows how to pick a television service, a cell phone plan, a cell phone company, just to name a couple of examples. And we get it done for you so you make the best choice for your personal wallet. And speaking of your personal wallet, something that popped up in the U.S. in a meaningful way mid-2020 is going to spread steadily around the United States in 21. And it's where when you are buying something online or buying something in a physical store, you will be offered a pop-up shopping online or will be asked when you're shopping in a store if you'd like to do that item, buy now, pay later. It's something that has taken over in Australia, particularly with people under age 40, uh, there's great distrust or even contempt or hatred towards traditional banks among people under age 40. And so, and, and not everybody, but that's the general trend. And in particular, people who came of age during the Great Recession saw the significant harm that happened to parents or aunts or uncles or friends from credit card balances when people got hit over the financial head, the two-by-four, by the Great Recession. 
And so credit card balances have actually been declining. Uh, People are not as into using credit cards anymore. And uh, take up of debit cards with people, uh, particularly under age 40, has been giant as they look at credit cards as poison to their pocketbook. Now, you've heard me speak over the years about when credit cards are appropriate and why they would be appropriate as a payment system, not as a way to borrow money. And at the same time, the banks are terrified of what started, as I mentioned, in Australia and has come to our shores, which are these companies that don't even require a check of your credit and tell you, hey, that item you're buying, we'll let you pay for it interest-free, fee-free, if you pay for it over the next four months. The cost for that often subsidized by the online seller or the traditional retailer, which helps get things sold that wouldn't be otherwise. I think these plans are fine if it doesn't encourage you to buy things you really can't afford. It gives you the ability to walk out of the door or have something delivered to you that you haven't paid for yet and not have to worry about the massive, ginormous interest that the banks rip you off with on credit cards. And all you got to do to have access to this as a way of buying things is honor your commitment to pay those things off in the typical four monthly payments that are required of you. As for shopping online, I like this because many times if you shop like with a debit card, you have waived all your rights. An online merchant doesn't send you the goods or you have a dispute about the quality of the goods or whatever. Your money is gone. When you pay with a credit card, you have protection. And as a general rule, if you pay with these buy now, pay later things, you're also protected because none of your money has left your hands yet. If you haven't gotten the stuff, you have an automatic defense against having to pay. So debit cards have a role for people who've had trouble handling money, handling credit. But know that they come with risks. If somebody hits up your checking account, gets in there, you have to fight to get your own money restored. Somebody gets a hold of your debit card number and uses it, your money's disappeared, you have to fight to get it back. In the meantime, you don't have access to your money. Your rights under federal law are vastly inferior compared to a credit card. But I understand it if credit has been a poison for you that you can't deal with it and that's why these buy now, pay in four month things are a viable alternative. Krista? Clark, Deborah in Massachusetts says, Hi, Clark. I plan to buy a second home and spend the winter months in Nevada, about three to four months, January through April, and the remaining months in Massachusetts. In order to earn income on the house when I'm not there, What are your thoughts on Airbnb rentals or any other options for earning an income from this second home in Nevada when I am in Massachusetts? Also, I don't plan to do this until the COVID pandemic resolves. You say Nevada, I say Nevada. 
But I know. I'm saying it wrong, huh? <laughs> no, I don't know. People argue about that forever. Anyway, um, the Airbnb thing is becoming somewhat risky because of a change in federal rules that I want to address in full at another date. But I want you to know that for now, Airbnb is a very viable way for you to generate income. You are going to need an on-site local property manager. And generally, you would have them handle your Airbnb bookings for you. They would be responsible for making sure the unit is clean between each uh, customer, that the supplies are there that need to be, that repairs that are done need to that need to be done are done, and you'll lose a meaningful part of your revenue from what you're having to pay an on-site property manager. But with you being all the way back east, you're going to need that. But it is a good way for you to generate income. And it's better for a property to be occupied rather than unoccupied for eight or nine months of the year. So I like that as a way for you to bring some money in and know that you have to have the trust in who you've hired as a property manager to get things done and done well for you. Joel? Clark Jennifer in Mississippi says, four months ago, my husband and I sold our house. We moved into a camper. Our goal in doing this was to use the money earned from the sale in order to pay off our debts. We have all but one debt now paid in full. Uh, all that's remaining is a $14,000 doctor, uh, $14, doctor bill. I'll be doubling up on this to have it paid off ASAP. Also, for the first time ever, we're in a position to really focus on saving more money. We have $2,300 in savings now, which for us is a lot. My question is this, what can we do in order to grow this money? I want to have a nice nest egg when we decide to purchase another home, and I love your show and I respect your advice. Uh, first things first, I want to tell you how proud I am of you, that you have made such a giant sacrifice as a couple, that you're living in this camper to bring your costs down as low as you possibly can, so that you get these debts out of your life. This is an amazing thing that most people psychologically could not bring themselves to do. And it's giving you control in your life as you're now living on substantially less than your income. You're freeing yourself from your debts, the anxiety they've caused and the costs they've caused. Uh, for what you're trying to do next, build up that reserve so that you can then have the down payment for your next house. You cannot invest that money. It can only be saved because when you invest, you may find that money is at risk. The market will take a bad turn. You'll lose a lot of that money that you've worked so hard to build up a reserve up. So slow and steady and dull wins this race. And you're going to win, make no mistake, because of the discipline you're showing and how you're living your life right now. A simple savings account with an online bank is the right thing for you to do. You won't earn a lot of interest, but your money will be fully safe. And I am so excited for you, how you've been able to take control of your present and your future financially. Krista? 
John in Oklahoma says, Clark, you recently told a story about vehicles being stolen because people leave their keys in the car by accident because of keyless go features that don't require us to touch the keys anymore. I want to share my embarrassing story similar to your wife's. As you're aware from your frequent travels, rental car companies typically give you a huge keychain with multiple keys to the car and they don't fit into your pocket. I rented a car and stopped at Walmart to get a few things and mid shopping realized I didn't have my keys. I had left them in the car with it running and it was <laughs> it's not in a good part of town. I sprinted out of the car imagining out to the car imagining that I would have to file a police report and admit that I had left the keys in the car. Fortunately, it was there and all was good. Another embarrassing story and a good reason rental companies should not do this with their keys. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for that. And it just shows this is something that's happened to so many of us. Let me explain the car rental thing, because that's always been maddening to people, is they give you all the keys to a vehicle at most rental agencies. And the reason is, is that rental fleets move around the country. And so they need all the keys with that vehicle. So if you pick up in one place, drop in another, they have all the keys following the car instead of having to reunite the the other key with the car. And so it makes the stakes higher if you lock the keys in a vehicle or you leave them in the vehicle like you did or whatever it is. So there's a method to their madness but it is an inconvenience for the renter. And thank you for sharing your story. And I appreciate all of you giving yourself the opportunity to empower yourself in your wallet to take control of your financial future. And that's what we're about. If you just kind of found your way to our podcast and you'd like to subscribe, go to clark.com slash podcast.